You are listening to the Chasing PRs podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to use your 5K time as a tool to become a better runner and make a plan to achieve a Boston Marathon qualifying time. Stay tuned. Hi, we are your hosts, Rochelle Weeks and Diego Alcubierre. And with over 20 years of combined experience in coaching and physiotherapy, we created this podcast to help everyday runners who want to make the most out of their training and achieve new personal records while managing work, family, and life outside running. Welcome. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing PRs. I am Diego. And I'm Rochelle. And... Today, we're going to talk about something that I think is going to be really helpful for runners because it's something you can apply like today. I've been having these conversations a lot, like what fast, how fast can I go in the marathon? And it's like a million dollar question when you've never done one. And even when you've done one, how, how more can I improve? So mm -hmm. that's what we're going to talk Let's start with chasing sprints. We're moving chasing sprints for the beginning. And you have a great book that you already. Yeah, I've every now and then I get a book on Audible. So when I'm doing my like I ran 32 kilometers yesterday and I was listening to this book the whole time. It's called Good for a Girl by Lauren Fleshman. And Lauren's an American runner who was elite pro back in 2008, 2009 was kind of like her peak and her prime. And she wrote this book and it's one of the best running books I've I've read. I'll say in quotation mm -hmm. marks because I'm listening to it. But it's really good. It's all about how women need to train differently than men and women need to be aware of different things when they're training, especially between the ages of like 18 and 23. Okay. Because that when, that's when the body is developing the most and going through the most changes. And sometimes putting on fat and putting on weight is necessary for future health and future bone health. But at that age, when you're training and you're at like a high level, putting on weight is not seen as helpful for running. So you get this kind of culture of starving yourself and thinner is better and leaner is better and at all costs. Like, so anyway, it's all about that and the stress fractures that follow behind not eating properly. Anyway, the book is just, I think any, any female runner and then any runner who's working with female athletes or runners in general, like coaches and especially high school and university coaches should listen to or read really? that book because it's, it's important. It's so good. It's really interesting. As you were talking, I was just reading this morning an article about losing weight for performance. And the first thing that the researchers did in this case, and I love that it's a, an Australian sport nutrition. It's called Louise Borg. She was an elite runner. Now she's a researcher. And the first thing that she mentioned about this losing weight to gain performance, it's like be aware that adolescent athletes, particularly females, May, might face short and long-term harms, including bone injuries by weight cutting. So I think it's really, yeah. I was just reading about it and that's the book, part of the book you're reading. Yeah, it's, there, there's a section in it. I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but yeah. she, Lauren, in the book, Paula Radcliffe, who most people would know as the former world record holder, she's from the UK for the marathon. She was the same height and she found out she was 10 pounds lighter Okay, and she was one of the fastest women in the world. So Lauren was like, I need to lose 10 pounds. And with no help, because this was a long time ago when the teams didn't have as much help readily available, she just lost 10 pounds in like a matter of weeks, That's like big, a month or something like yeah. that. 
And then the big race she was training for didn't happen because she got a stress fracture. Yeah. yeah so anyway, really, really it's, interesting. it's very good. I highly recommend it. Yeah, we were talking about next week, we're going to talk about a little about, we have a, a, a very funny and interesting thing we, we want to share about tapering. And it includes losing weight or how to eat during tapering. So stay tuned for next week. It's not going to be part, it's like, it's going to be our chasing sprint for next week. Yeah. I think it's going to be super interesting. But today, I talk about, I, need, I, need, I never mentioned what we're going to We're going to talk about how to go for a fast 5K to a Boston Marathon qualifying time. Yeah. Why do we, do we want to talk about this? Because we believe that it's way easier to build endurance than speed. Yeah. Yeah. If you are running 5K, you can go out tomorrow and do a 10K. Maybe it's going to be slow. Maybe you're going to get injured. Maybe you, you, a lot of things can happen, but you can do it. Yeah. And a lot of people go from couch to a marathon in a matter of four weeks. They usually get injured and they're tired and their marathon is really shitty, but you can do it. Yeah. That's my point. They keep people like me in business. <laughs> but you can't go from couch to a 25, 20 minute. No. Unless you're a superhuman, a special person. No, but in usual, you can't. Right. So that's why we believe that if your goal is to qualify for Boston or run a really fast marathon, you should start running in your 5Ks faster. Mm -hmm. Having those, like having the appropriate times in 5K that can translate to a fast marathon. And we have some like real life examples, our examples about 5Ks to half marathon in your case. And in my case, from 5K and half marathon to a marathon. I want, I want to start with you. You ran your, not your fastest 5K, but your almost fastest 5K, the 20 minutes and one second. Yeah. How many weeks before your Boston Health Marathon? That was only two weeks out, I think. Two weeks out. Yeah. And it was like at 20 minutes, one second. Yeah. Let's say 20. Make you suffer with one. I know. One Would you, oh, the, anyway, both. I'd rather have done 2020 because <laughs> to come that close to breaking 20 again is stupid. Anyway, we won't go into details. We talked about that in a different episode. But for example, at 20, I created some tables using the VDOT calculators. With all the Boston qualifying times and what age group that qualifying time represents, even women or men. A lot of them like are the same. For example, a 335 marathon qualify you if you are a female between 35 and 39 and a man between 55 and 59. It's the same time, 335. But my point is that 20 minutes, it's in this calculator, in, in this table that I'm going to share with you. If you run a 1952, it says that you cannot be able to do a half marathon in 131. What was your half marathon? 133. 133. Yeah. So it's, and it, it was like 10 seconds lower, right? Your 5K. So it, it kind of correlates, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to be perfect. And obviously you need to have the training for a half marathon. You, you can just say, oh, I'm training for a 5K and I just did a 20 minute 5K and tomorrow you can run a half marathon in 130. 131. It's that you need to have the build-up, you need to have the long run, you need to have the appropriate like speed sessions, but it gives you a ballpark. And in your case, it was very close. Mm -hmm. And it gave you, and one important thing, it gave you confidence. Yeah, that was a huge confidence booster because I didn't expect that to happen. So yeah. Out of the loop, oh, I can, I can run a 20 minute 5K. I can, I can go and achieve a new PR in my health mark. Yeah. And it was a healy health. Boston is always Yeah. And I'm going to give you an example. I always say that I qualified to Boston on my first marathon. 
but it was it not, it's not because I'm special. I shared my first 10K that it's one hour and six minutes. But then I, then I got really good at running 5Ks because I was doing sprint triathlons and duathlons that running 5Ks and then cycle and then running again. And so I got, I got my speed on better, my, my, my speed improved. So by the time I was, I was able to run my marathon in three hours and three minutes, my first ever marathon, obviously I built up to it. I did 20 mile long runs. I did speed, longer speed sessions. I didn't train like for a 5K. But at that time, my 5K PR was 18.53. In these tables we're going to share with you, 18.53, it's like a three-hour marathon. <laughs> and my half marathon was 1.27. And in these tables we're going to share with you, my, the half marathon, if you have a 1.28 half marathon, it correlates to a 3.05 Boston qualifying. Well, three time, marathon time. Yeah. And I was able to run a 3.03. So it's right there, right? It gives you a perfect ballpark of what you need to do. So if you focus on hitting these paces first or these times, this 5K, okay, you want to qualify for Boston. You've never run a marathon. If you run a marathon and you try 15 times, and you haven't been able to do it and you're busting your butt, doing long runs every weekend and 100 kilometer weeks, and, but you are not being able to run way faster. The, the solution, <laughs> the, the idea we have, the concept we have is like, okay, focus on your 5K first, get your 5K time on par with what it can be, your, your marathon time, and start from there. Mm -hmm. And then you can go for, for a 10K, and for a half marathon, and for a marathon. Sounds fair? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the training involved for, if you're racing a 5K and you're training for a 5K, you're going to have more speed in your weekly workouts than you would if you did the marathon. And when you have more speed and it's a higher intensity, I feel like it's, you work on your form a little bit better. Yeah. Like if you're doing 200s and 400s or if you're doing strides at the end of an easy run. So strides for anyone who doesn't know, it's usually about like 100 meters or 10 seconds, 20 seconds where you kind of build and push the pace as quick as you can and then slowly let it come down again. But it really helps work on form. And a lot of times if you're doing 5K, that's the kind of stuff you're doing. So then not only are you just getting faster, your form is improving as well. And then that carries over to the marathon. Yes, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I was thinking, when you train for a 5K, we've mentioned the six-minute time just tons of times in this podcast. But when you train at the, your VBO2 max, that's when you start to work a lot in your, in your form and your running economy. So that's, that's really smart. And another, I think, interesting thing here is training for a fast 5K or to improve your 5K time, it's not that time-consuming as training for a marathon. Yeah. So you can, I don't know, for me and for you, but we still struggle, it's like running is part of our lives. Our families know that we're going to go away Sundays, that we're going to dedicate a lot of time. So it's, it's part of our routines already. But you still need to put on the time. And there's times in the summer specifically that I should rather be hanging without with my kids or not being really tired Saturday afternoon after a long run, but it's part of it. But if I'm training for a 5K, which I did last year, my summer was way more relaxed because mm -hmm. I didn't have two hours and two hours and 30 minutes long. My plan was to do a really fast 5K and train for it this coming fall. And then when you were like, you should put your name in for Chicago. And I looked, I said, oh, I'm not going to get in. So I put my name in and then I got in and I was like, oh, crap. Now I'm doing three marathons in a row. 
But so I have Cornwall, Chicago, and hopefully Boston 2024, if Cornwall goes well. So my plan is fall 2024. Okay. No marathon. That would be because I think some people think, well, okay, I'll I'll do a 5K as I train for a marathon. Okay, yeah. But when we say like train for a 5K and do 5K, we mean that's your A race. Yep. There's no 30K long runs and mile repeat sessions like you're doing. You can still run long, but the focus is more on speed. And that's the whole focus of maybe like a 16-week build because some people will say, oh, yeah, I'll do a 5K a week or a month before my yeah. marathon. And it's like, that's not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I believe that if you are doing 30 long runs on Sundays, you're not going to be rested enough on Tuesday for a fast workout. Yeah. And that's the, that's the tricky thing I find. Like we, some of my runners, they do the midweek long run and you have to, if they have speed on Thursday, you have to be kind of careful how long that midweek long run gets. So if their midweek long run is a Wednesday and they have speed on Thursday, if it gets too long, then they're going to feel flat for their speed on Thursday. So there's all, it's the same thing. You've got to be careful. And I think everybody's different because it depends how well you're sleeping and recovering and that sort of thing. And, and you know, the stress of your job, if you have a crazy day at work, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you run really long Wednesday, then your speed suffers Thursday. Yeah. And I think with a marathon, the most important run is the long run. Yeah. But with 5K training, the most important run is going to be your speed sessions. So you uh, need to protect Yeah, those. and a lot of times, two times a week speed yeah. session. Yeah, totally. When I'm training for a 5K, I do speed session, a really speed session on Tuesdays with VBO2 Max at my six-minute time pace. I start with, for example, 30 seconds on and 30 seconds off. That's like the staple workout that Veronique Villand that invented the six-minute time test, and she talks about VBO2 Max. She said, okay, the best workout you can do is that one. 30 seconds VVO2 max and 30 seconds walking. If oh, you... 30 seconds walking. So yeah. you're not jogging for the off. No, no, no. Okay. I usually do like 15 seconds walk, standing, catching my breath. Yeah. And then I start to walk like the next 15 seconds. And when you get like to 10 to 15 of those repetitions consistently and you can finish them with your VVO2 max, you can go to one minute and one minute. And oh, then wow. 90 seconds by 90 seconds. It's, it's a build. And so that's Tuesday. I start with, so very short bursts of, yeah, of speed. But then they get longer as you get better. Yeah. There's one point that you are running 90 seconds on and 90 seconds off. Yeah. At your six minute yes. speed test pace. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing is that I'm checking my speed, my six minutes every four weeks. So to adjust because you're getting faster, mm -hmm. right? If you're doing these kind of intervals and you're doing, I'm going to go say in quote, long runs, you're getting faster. And would you do the six-minute speed test instead of a workout on a Tuesday? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So yeah. you do like the speed test and then the next three Tuesdays would be these short, like 30 seconds on, 30 off, 60, 90. Yeah. And then another six minutes. you would do another one and then you adjust. Yeah. Hopefully it gets quicker, not slower. Yeah. <laughs> if it's slower, then there's something wrong, but usually be quicker and then your workouts become hard. Yeah, exactly. And that six-minute test becomes like a day off week or the down week. Because yeah, because it's, it's only six minutes. Exactly. You do the math. You do 10 times 30 seconds by 30 seconds, you're running five minutes. Yeah. Uh -huh. When you get to 15 or 15 times one minute, you're running, you running 15 minutes really hard. So if you back that week and run only six minutes, that's like your downward. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And what would you do? So if you're doing that one speed session a week, what would you do for your other one? 
hundreds, four hundreds, okay. maybe kilometer repeats. Like you, you, you need to vary, variate mm-hmm. that to keep different speed sessions. We, we're planning on doing that, an episode about that. Like, okay, we talk about a lot about speed, right? And you can read and a lot about speed, but there are like three different tiers of speed. And you can read that in the Jack Daniels book. It's like intervals, repetitions, and super fast. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I can't remember the, the name of the, but the super fast is like this 30 seconds by 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then threshold paces are between six minutes and 20 minutes. And intervals are less than five minutes and repetitions are like two or three minutes. So you need to hit all of those speed sessions during your 16 week period. Yeah. Which are so, it's so different than what you would do for a marathon with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, For example, for a marathon, you're only doing one speed session a week. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And most of them are mile repeats. Yeah. And if I was to add a second one in, it would be a tempo. Okay. So there would not be any 30 second speed sessions where I'm like hands on my knees, very anaerobic kind of workout that wouldn't happen. And I think this is, this is a perfect time to remember that we didn't talk about our weeks. Because I have an example about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so how was your week? Okay. And remind me to ask you, I want to circle back and ask you how long you run for when you're doing the 5K training. We can come back to it if you want. Okay, yes. Because I know that some people will ask about that. We'll come back to it. Okay, so my week last week, what is it, Monday? I didn't sleep well last night. So my running was really good, but my sleeping has not been. When you have kids, sometimes you can have all the good intentions in the world to get nine hours of sleep after a long run, but it just doesn't happen because they wake you up. But last week was my highest weekly mileage of this build. So I hit 86 and I did a 32 kilometer long run yesterday. So, and so Diego and I were talking last week and we were looking at my heart rate during the last few long runs, which pace wise, it's been like 540, 545. And my heart rate's been like low 130s, mid 130s. And I'm creeping up to that three hour mark that I don't want to run longer than. So running more than three hours just can ramp up my injury risk and make recovery difficult, especially when I have another big build to do this week. So Diego had suggested I could go a little bit quicker because my heart rate's so low. So I just went a little bit quicker yesterday. I went from like 540, 545 to yesterday was 526. Okay. But my average heart rate was still 138, 139. Every now and then I was at my sister's cottage and it's it's like country roads and it, it was pretty hilly. So going up the hill every now and then I would check and it would be 150. Okay. So I'd slow down a little bit and like focus on settling my heart rate at the top of the hill and then it would come down again. But it felt really good. So now I feel like I'll be able to do 34 this weekend. Okay. Hopefully without going the three hour mark. If I do 305, I'm okay with it, yeah. but I don't want to go much more yeah, than three hours. If I remember correctly, it was at 252 your long run yesterday. Yeah. At yeah. 32, so 10 yeah. minutes more. It, I think it's it'd be, be okay. Really close to three hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So while that's and our coach, for good reason, doesn't really want us out there for more than three hours. So I'll try to stick to that because this time last year, I did do 35k two weeks out from Ottawa Race Weekend, and what happened? I had a foot injury. Yeah, exactly. So was it because it was 35 and not 32, 33? Maybe. But how do you remember the, how long it was in time wise? It, I don't, I should check because it was long because I was doing a group run with people. I organized an event at my work. Okay. And I think I would stop my watch a lot because we would, you know, when you're in a big group, people need to pee and drink and all <laughs> stoplights. 
So I don't think the actual time on feet was much more than like 3.05, 3.10. Okay. But we were out there for probably three and a half hours at least with all the stopping and walking and people needing to pee. And yeah. so it was, it was a long one. Yeah. And sometimes I think when you stop that much during runs, you just start to run faster mm-hmm. because your heart rate slows down and you feel fresher. And so the, if, you, yeah. if you do a 34 or 32 kilometer long run and you stop every six kilometers, those six kilometers, in my opinion, are going to be way faster than if you do it then continue. Yeah. Because you just feel fresher and you're, you're in, when, and when you're talking and distracted, sometimes your pace goes way higher than what you want. Yeah. And I think too, I just, I don't know how many gels I took in that day. Cause when you're with people and I, some of them I had never met before and we were, you know, chatting and getting to know each other and it's like, oh crap, I've been running for like an hour and I haven't taken a gel. Like yeah. yesterday I had four gels and I was really good at timing them and taking them when I wanted to because I was alone listening to the good for a girl book so I would just remember every now and then to take one but yeah so it was I think that tip helped and I think I'll try to do it again this weekend with kind of a 305 cutoff time so if I'm at like 33.5 I'll just stop like that'll be enough okay and track was good on Thursday like we had good conditions we did a bunch of mile repeats and yeah. they've been getting a little bit quicker as we do them because that's the nice thing when you repeat I think sometimes people want to do a different speed workout every week but sometimes it's nice to repeat one you've done three four weeks ago to see kind of like your six minute test you yeah. test your fitness and if it's the same rest and repetitions you can see you're getting quicker so everything's like this is the last big week for me and then I'm Tapering. Taper time. Cool. How about you? You're in your taper now, right? Yes. Or do you have one week left? Two. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm only tapering one weekend because I did my long yeah. run yesterday. We record on Mondays. Remember that? The episodes get published on Thursdays. But yeah. Yeah. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. But what I want to sh- share is my, actually my speed sessions. And I think it's really smart you mentioned that to, 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 make, to do the same speed sessions a few times during your build. But I think it's also smart to do your same speed sessions year after year. Yeah. Because you can compare to last year and two years ago and three years ago. Yeah. And if so, it's going in the right direction, you get a big boost of confidence. If, if not, and if not, there's something you need to switch. Yes. So I was yesterday afternoon, because it's my tapering starting, I was checking my mile repeats three weeks out from the Mississauga Marathon. That it's my, my... Which was a year ago. A year ago, yeah. my PR, 2.54. So how am I speed-wise? Because my long runs are slower right now because I'm, I'm being more conscious about my heart rate and not going too fast. I, I, I'm the guy that I'm feeling great today. So why not going faster? Mm-hmm. And for example, last year, at this time of the year, I was running my 30 kilometers or 20 pace. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... That's way too yeah. fast. For... Even elite athletes don't do their long, slow runs at that pace, I don't think. And it was way too fast for my marathon goal. Maybe if if, yeah. if I was doing a 2.30 marathon goal, maybe going I, I will, I'm going to go up for 20 if, I, if that's my goal. Mm-hmm. But for my goal of 250, 255, that was way too fast. But I, feel, I was feeling great. So I was doing it. Mistake. So this time I'm, I'm slowing myself down on purpose. But it, 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 it's getting into my head, right? If I'm running slower, maybe I'm not going to go that fast on the marathon, how that's going to correlate. So, okay, let's check my mile repeats. And those are going great. Because last year we were doing like between four and five mile repeats. And this year we're doing between five and six mile repeats. And I'm doing them 
between 10 and 15 seconds per mile faster oh, this wow. year. And there, and it's a little bit more volume this year. Yes. That's the other thing. I'm, I, I'm going to run 37 more kilometers, 34% more kilometers this year than last year for between January, December, January, February, and March last year for Mississauga. And this year I'm going to run 37% more kilometers. That's exciting to see. It's hard because Boston's a harder course than Mississauga, but it's not, also Boston. Not that, so. not that harder. Eh? According to my Garmin and a lot of Garmin's, because the Boston Marathon course is like the most researched, dissected, analyzed. That makes sense. So you can find tons and tons of information. So I've been checked and Garmin, uh, Garmin and other GPS watches, uh, they're not exact, right? But mm -hmm. taking the average of those, a lot of people, Boston Marathons, and the average of my Garmin in the Mississippi, it's just like 30 feet more Boston. Not that, it's not going to be that harder. So mm -hmm. what I'm really intrigued of how fast, how this way more mileage is going to translate. Right now it's translate, translating into my mile repeats, but there's always, my 400s are way slower. Okay. So the, you don't have the same kick probably mm -hmm. because the volume is higher. And I'm not trying, I'm not doing two, yeah. two times a week speed sessions. Yeah. So my 400s are like eight seconds lower. And I think if you're training for a marathon. It makes sense. It's more important that the mile repeats are quicker than the 400s. Because yeah. it's, you've got the slow twitch and fast twitch muscle fibers and you're really training. Like it's when someone does a PR race in a 5K as they're training for a marathon. I'll often say, and that's on marathon legs. Imagine. And sometimes they don't understand what I mean. And. That's what I mean. Like you're not working your fast twitch fibers. You're really out there doing lots of high volume mileage, long intervals. So you're not at your best for a 5K. Yeah. Well, it's getting me a little anxious because I always rely on my speed. Yeah. And this time I'm relying on volume and mileage. And obviously I'm doing it because I believe it's going to work. But in the back of my head, it's like, I, I, I hope it works, right? Yeah. You have to shut that voice down. Exactly. And give it a good try because so, this is... Yeah, yeah, it's it's what like when you look at the best athletes in the world for for marathon runners, usually they have the highest volume of easy running, like Cam Levens. Yeah, can't you, remember his number. Four forty five. You yes, told me he's over four hundred kilometer. Like yeah. not that we're gonna do that. For no. But but high volume is good. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, hmm. almost forty percent more mileage, speed faster, mile repeats, more slower four hundred repeats, yeah. and just one speed session. I don't know how it's gonna translate. Obviously, it's part of, I talk about it, it's part of a bigger, like, three, four-year plan. So this is the phase one. Uh -huh. Obviously, my goal is to get to 110 kilometers a week, that it's 70 miles a week, and do two speed sessions a week, and do speed training, and, and get strength my... Strength training. That's what I want. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And strength training, and get my 400s to what I want. So that's the goal right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, have you seen... Professional athletes, I, I can remember right now, for example, Tiger Woods or Roger Federer, that they change their their swing or their mechanics at the middle of their careers. When they are at the top, Tiger Woods was winning and winning and winning. She, he changed coach, coaches and he was he changed his, his golf swing. For the first few months or years, he was worse because it, he was learning a new thing. Mm -hmm. But the big goal and the long-term goal was to become a better golfer. And in the end, it happened. And I, Roger Federer did the same. Those are the ones that are on the top of my mind. But a lot of athletes do that. Yeah, so it's that long-term vision. That, that's my goal right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know how this, 
going to translate in this first phase of my long-term goal, hopefully nice, and I can mm-hmm. run a PR and I can, can run a good Boston. But if not, I'm not going to, I'm going to feel bad for a few days. I'm going to be, I'm going to yeah. be honest, no, right? It's fuck, I'm doing the right thing and maybe I got, my mind's going to want to change everything again, but I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to give myself a few days of breathing and relaxing and come back to the long term. Yeah. And then think of how much flatter Chicago is than yeah. Boston. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Chicago, I got invited. I, I, I was really excited to be part of the age group championships in Chicago. Oh, cool. Yeah. Based on your qualifying time to get into Chicago? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I need to pay 160 bucks. <laughs> That's the catch. Congratulations. Give us your money. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations. Give us your money. But it has a few perks. Like you get a special medal and uh, pre and post like partner party like thing when you can go yeah, on one like a month. VIP thing yeah, or exactly. something that's really fun and uh, you're gonna be in a, in a special ranking so I was thinking I, I'm not that fast because if you to qualify for those for that championship like automatically for my age group 4044 you need to run a marathon in 235 okay and I did in mine in 254 that's like automatic qualifying 235 so I guess there, no, I don't guess. There's people that run that fast I, as my age group. So I'm going to be on the slope part. So you're not going to do top three. Of the championship <laughs> on the slope. But I was, 160 bucks is a lot of money. But if it's in Chicago and I'm going to Chicago, so why not? Yeah. Because next year, maybe it's in Berlin or Tokyo or whatever. And I'm not going to Berlin or Tokyo or whatever. Yeah. So it makes sense. It's close to home. So why not? Close to home. And I'm already yeah. going. It's not that yeah. I need to plan a new and different marathon. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to say something about something you just said. So you were saying like, you want to get the two speed sessions in a week and do 110 kilometers a week and strength train. And there's two things I want to say. One, I think it's hard for people who aren't elite sometimes to do all the things they want to do because it's hard with you know work and family life to really get everything. Like sometimes something's got to give. But two, I feel like this is one of the reasons I try to do so much educating because sometimes I find Runners have no time to do all the things they want to do. Yeah. But sometimes the stuff they want to do isn't giving them that much benefit. Like That's they're super focused on foam rolling and stretching, but they're not getting any strength training in. Or they're really focused on getting their, their long run in, but they're not getting any, a lot of weekly mileage in. So the long run is like way more than 50% of the week and it's not easy enough. And so I think this is kind of the whole purpose of like our social media and the podcast is to let runners know like these are the right things to be trying to do. If you can't do them all, it's okay. Just do do what you can and try to figure out what gives you the most benefit. Exactly. And pick your weak, your weakest link. We talk about that a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, you don't have to do everything. You, it's, it's, it's ideal that you do everything. But uh, right now, I don't, I don't have the time or energy to do all of those things. So that's what I'm strength training and one speed session got neglected this past four weeks, four months. And I'm going to try to build on, on top of it. And it's interesting that you mentioned because Family life for us is really important, right? So I asked my wife the other day, like, did you notice that I'm training more? Right? Like, I'm going, I'm gone 40% more time. And she said, like, not really. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that was a good sign That's because good. they are not resenting, not resenting, like, feeling that all the time I'm, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been very mindful about it to go. I, sometimes I'm, go, I'm going to, for a run at 11 in, in, at night because they are, everything wants to sleep and I, spend the time and the day with them. So now it's time to run. So 
and, and ideally they won't feel the next 10 kilometers and ideally they won't feel the next 10 kilometers yeah, and, yeah. yeah. so yeah it's, it's just be building that routine into my family life so they don't they don't feel that I'm gone that much yeah I've tried to do that this year because I have hopefully two more marathons to do if I qualify for Boston so I don't want I don't want my family to be like oh thank god Cornwall's done because I'm like well, it's just one month. Of... I have like a month off, and then I need to start doing that all over yeah. again, and then I need to do it again next winter. So, I find I'll try to say to my husband, "When does it work for you for me to run this weekend?" Yeah. Usually, it's Sunday mornings, but if there's something going on, I try to move it. And then I'm very aware that you know he's been taking care of her daughter for three plus hours while I'm gone, so I come home and make sure like I'm exhausted from my run. But it's like you go go do something, go exactly. enjoy, and then I yeah. hang out with Emily and. Yeah, we try to have that give and take so there's no animosity there. Yeah, and they, that way you can start to run more and may, then have more speed sessions or more another running day. And yeah, mm -hmm. and that's what part of the purpose of the podcast, right? I, I want to ask you something so I don't forget. Yeah. A lot of times when I try to get people to switch from just doing marathon every spring and every fall, just marathon, 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 to do a 5K because they're not getting their marathon goal. And I think if they just got faster, they would get it. They don't want to give up their long runs. Yeah. Like, oh, but I like running long. I really, that's my time away and out, get away out of the house. And I run with my friends for a couple hours. What are your thoughts on how long a long run should be when you're training for a 5K? Because it can still be long-ish. Yeah. Not 30 kilometers, but it can still be somewhat long, I feel like. It's hard. Because, for example, my longest long run when I was training for my K last year. Mm -hmm was 21 kilometers. Okay. But it was my longest, but I, but, but it's one hour and 40 minutes. Yes. That's important to note. Cause you're, yeah. Some people 21 K might take them two and a half hours. Exactly. So yeah. for, for what I known and research and read between one hour and one hour and 30 minutes, you start, your body start to feel that it's like a long run more than one hour and 30 minutes. I think it's not necessary for a 5k. So that's, that's the answer. One hour and 30 minutes. I did okay. a half marathon because it's just fun. And it's just, in my case, 10 minutes more at my long run speed. But yeah, one hour and 30 minutes. But I'm going to give you another example. That time I, I was able to run a 5K in 1640. Two years before, I ran a 1655. And my longest long run was 13 kilometers. Okay. Like an hour, an hour and a half, an hour, an hour and five minutes. I think when I did... And, and what I'll often so recommend... I gained I 15 seconds. It's not that much. Yeah, it wasn't that much of a difference. And was it because that long run or was it because of other things? I, I think I I work more in my speed than maybe VO2 max. Yeah. It's always hard to know because there's so many variables. Yeah. It's not like I did this and then I qualified for Boston. I, I've done 18K, okay. which would be around an hour, maybe a little bit over an hour and a half at my speed, but probably around an hour and a half, Okay, a little bit above. And it's often what I'll recommend to people, but I've, I've started saying to people, what's your easy pace? And then sometimes they say their easy pace and then I'm like, well, what's your fastest 5K, 10K, half? And then we realize their easy pace is a bit too quick. That, of, that often happens. Okay. And then, and then I try to recommend the long run for the 5K. So you still get out there, but you don't get the two, three hour long runs in. And yeah. some people yeah, just sure. are obsessed no, 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 with no. those. Because if you do those two, three hour long runs, you are not going to be ready no. For your Tuesday or your two speed sessions a week that are, in my opinion, way more important. Yeah. Obviously, elite runners that are running 
12, 13 minutes, 5Ks, they have 100 kilometer weeks. Mm -hmm. They do 20 mile long runs, but that's what they do. You obviously, the more, the more you run, the faster you're going to get, right? That there is no, that's the way it is. So they have two, three speed sessions a week and then a long run. And then obviously if you do a long run during your 5K, you're going to get faster. Mm -hmm. And only if you are recovered for your space yeah. station. And I think the difference is at the elite level, not always, because like Kira D'Amato is a real estate agent, but often that's what they do. So they have all the time to recover. Yeah. We don't. No. We have to work all day. And and we've been saying it, it's way easier, in my opinion, to get go fast, to improve your 5K time, than improve your marathon time in, in a big way. So, mm -hmm. for example, something that is running a 5K in 30 minutes, with just 16 weeks of intense, intensively, or that's not the word I'm looking for, like purposeful. Yeah. Purposeful speed work. Yes. Yeah. They can shave five minutes. Uh, that It's not that hard. Yeah. And But it's got to be 16 weeks that's focused on the 5K. Yeah. Not a 16-week marathon program where you do a 5K a month out. I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong because yeah. we I've got a runner who thought that's what I meant and then signed up for a 5k and a marathon and so this this runner he's aiming for he can't seem to get under 320 okay for the marathon you know his 5k time his 5k time is like 20 minutes on the dot okay like, like maybe like a second under 20 minutes so my thought was if you can get a little bit quicker he hasn't trained for a 5k only a 5k in a very long time that 5K was done training for a marathon. Okay. Without the two fast speed sessions a week and a one really short speed session, like that was on his way. That was on marathon legs. Okay. We can go on and on on this. So mm -hmm. I'm going to end, try to end this in this note because I think the case you just pointed is super interesting. In the table we're going to share with you, a 320 marathon is like a 21 minutes 5K. So mm -hmm. he has the 5K time in this case. What's his 10K time? Maybe that's where he start to not have the, the appropriate pace, for example, and, and his half marathon time, right? So if you are not going that, that's why this episode is called from a 5K to a Boston Marathon. That doesn't mean that you only need to do a 5K and only go to a marathon. Okay, I already have my 5K time in line with my marathon goal. My 10K time is in line with my marathon goal. It's probably not. It's slower. So you focus on 10K. And then you go, okay, my half marathon time is in line with my marathon goal. If not, that's where you need to adjust. Uh -huh. For example, for, because if I go and put my my 5K time in a, in the VDOT calculator, it says that I need I can run a marathon in like two hours and 35 minutes, which I'm way off that right now. So I'm way, I'm a way better 5K runner than I'm a marathon runner. So what's the goal right now? To become a good marathon runner. Mm -hmm. That's what You've I need. You've got the 5K time already. Yeah. So my next goal is I'm training for a marathon. And ideally, I need to... And for example, my 10K, it's not. It's also not in line with my 5K time. My 5K time, it's 16.40. And I need to run a, a 10K in like under 35 minutes. And my 10K, it's 36.20. Mm -hmm. So that I'm starting to get slower and slower and slower. And that's, that's what... That, that the next step should be okay your 5k is there now go 
right now that, that's not my goal. My weakest link, I think it's long runs and endurance and mm-hmm. mileage. That's what I, what I'm training for. But if he, in the case of your patient or friend, if he has the time, the five K, the five K time for the goal he was to do in the bus in, in, in his marathon, sorry. But let, the next step is to analyze his 10K and his half Yeah, because that makes he's, sense. He's talked right there. That's what it is. And we'll put this chart up we're talking about yes. on, on Instagram and Facebook so yeah. people can see what we're Super, super discussing. interesting. Anything else you want to add? Because I think we've men- we took a bit. We mentioned the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I think. No, I think, I think we got our point across. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. And the, the table is going to be very, it was, I was, I have the, I know my times, but I've never done the. 405 pay time, right? right? Yeah. And we were talking about like your 5K and your half marathon times are in line for a 320 yeah. marathon, but you're not going to do it. Why? Because I've been training this whole time for a 328. That's one reason. And that's a safe number that'll qualify me for Boston by seven minutes. So if I get it in my head a month out from the race, oh, well, I should do a 320. And I'm on track to do a 320 until there's 8K left and then I blow up and I have to walk. Now I haven't qualified for Boston. Exactly. So I'm going to do, I'm going to aim for 328. And then in Chicago, which is going to be nice and flat and hopefully not windy, I'll just let it all and hang with out. nothing to lose. To, nothing to lose. I'll go for 320. If I have to walk, who cares? Because yeah. I've already made it to Boston for the following And I round. think that's a very interesting, all of these times, a lot of these, these Boston qualifying, it's because your goals can be different. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Not because this table says that you can do a 320 marathon, you need to go for a 320 marathon because your goal is to qualify for Boston and in your case it's a 335 mm-hmm. time you need. You want to do 328 to have a seven-minute buffer. Yeah. So don't move that. And I think it's okay to chip away at a time. Some people are like, oh, I got to take 15 minutes, 20 minutes off, 30 minutes off. It's like, I'll just take a few minutes off and then do another one in a few minutes off and yep. just pick away it, yep. see how low I can get it. Perfect. Hopefully you get a, you got a lot of this epi- out of this episode. We're going to share that table and let's go mm-hmm. to the runner of the week. Sasha Gollish. I love having... I'm going to say old people, but... It, people your age. Exactly. <laughs> I can't say anything. I'm 37. I'm not that much older than um, I am. Runner of the week and super mega fast runners of the week. So what did Sasha do to make it to the runner of the week? She just did two very, very impressive races. So she did the spring runoff in Toronto just this past weekend, which is 8K. She did 26.56 for a hilly 8-kilometer course. This was on April 1st, and it was a 321 pace, which is... And she won. Very fast. She and won she's it. 41. <laughs> yep, and she's I'm gonna 41. I'm going to say that like a thousand times. I know, because so she's getting faster as she ages. This is, you know, brings, brings hope, hope. For, <laughs> a, for us non-20-year-old people. And then she won around the bay the week before yep. for the women. She was the fastest woman in around the bay just one week before. So if it was the other way around, and she had done an 8 and then the 30, it'd be like, oh, that's impressive. She did 30K race and around the base hilly yeah. and then turned around and won an eight with only a week of recovery time. Yeah. Around like the base, for those one, for those who don't know what yes. it is, it's 30-kilometer race near Toronto, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's the oldest race. They, they, they announced it like older than Boston. Older than Boston. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very big thing here in Ontario to run around the base. Yeah. My husband did it last year for me because I was injured and 
he loved it. it. She, I should mention her time for around the bay. I just had to look it up to make sure I had it right. One forty-eight for a thirty kilometers, hour and forty-eight minutes and three seconds. And she's been a big advocate for promoting women and men equally in social media and when people are writing in newspapers and ads and anyway. So there was a write-up that came out that said. Blair Morgan wins around the bay, around the bay, and she apparently wrote them and called them out on it, and so they changed the title. I, I can't remember which newspaper it was, or newspaper do newspapers even exist anymore? No, which online paper it was? But she wrote them and called them out, and they changed the title to to Blair Morgan and Sasha Gallish win thirty k around the bay road race. Yeah, why only the men, right? Yeah, yeah. But she's been, and she has a website that's really cool too. It's just her name, SashaGallish.com. And you can see kind of her mission and she's got a recipe section, which has okay. like gingered cookies and healthy Twix bars and made me really hungry last night looking at it. So she's very interesting. Canadian athlete. I'm going to share just a few couple of more times. She has a 33 minute 10K at age, at age four. She did it last her fastest 10K ever. Oh. And she's been running for a lot. It was last year. What? What? Her miles, she has the record for 40 plus women indoor mile record. In the mile, yeah. Four minutes and 38 seconds. Yeah. 40 years. She's impressive. There, I, I, there's one thing called the, I've never heard of this, Maccabia Games. Have you heard of that? No. Okay, I need to, I needed to. Those are like Jewish Olympic Games. They are held in Israel every four okay. weeks. Okay. It's the third biggest sporting event in the world after the Olympics and the FIFA World. Oh, wow. But she has a few gold medals in the half marathon. That's the impressive thing. From 800 meters to a half marathon, she has gold medals in all of those. And she had a bronze medal in the women's 1500 in the Pan American Games in 2015. Her so range she, is insane. She was already 35, something like that. And she yeah. won 32, 33 bronze medal in the 1500. And she just won a 30-kilometer race. So that's pretty impressive. And as you said, like motivational and hopeful yeah. for us. We always like to see people who are older than us or yeah. near our age doing cool things like this. Because we we both have full intentions of getting faster yeah. as we age. So Oh, for sure. Yeah, at least for the next five years. Five to ten. Yeah. yeah let's 50, I, I think <laughs> I can go faster. Per perfect. Then you really need to add in strength training. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to do it in the next five years. <laughs> Okay, so thank you for listening to another episode. Anything else you want to... No, if anyone has questions, as usual, find yeah. us on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. And we're we're going to share answer. that table and you can start obsessing with your 5K times and yeah. your 10K times. See what your weakest link is. Yeah, exactly, because I'm certainly obsessed with those. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you love it, give it a share. Please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify and visit chasingprs.run for all the latest episodes, get our free newsletter and all the cool running stuff we have there. Thanks for joining.